Hello, hello, hello. How y'all doing tonight? Or whenever you listen to it. Yeah, it could be in the day, it could be night, uh, it could be at 3 a.m. You could be like having a it complete <laughs> mental breakdown at 3 a.m. and you just put this on. If you did, we're glad you thought about us, but also, you know, talk, talk to someone. Go go see a therapist. Go, go, go talk to your friends. Go pet your cat, you know. It wouldn't be a time to adapt episode if we didn't open it awkwardly. I mean, that, 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 we have to. That's how it works. That's, that's, how- that's our brand. We just don't know how. <laughs> Welcome to Time to Adapt, where we break down movies and the books behind them. I'm your co-host, Mac, and with me, as always, is the wickedly talented... Selena. There you go. Hi, everybody. I was tempted <laughs> to, to say Adele Dazeem. I, I didn't but... know if you were going to say my name. I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, what's he... <laughs> yeah, no. But wickedly talented, oh my gosh, thanks. So, Selena, what's new with you? Life, you know, is going... It's going. It's going. Finally, in my like last semester school, Ooh. which I'm super stoked about slash terrified about because routine will be gone and I've got to figure out, like I'm ready to be an adult, but not ready to be an adult. So I've been like battling with that. But beyond that, I'm great. <laughs> I mean, I've been out of school for almost a year now and I'm just paying back my student loans for the first time. <laughs> Uh, hate it. The rest of the episodes, Max it. just crying. I mean, <laughs> I, that's my secret, Selena. I'm always crying on the inside. Isn't everyone? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what else made me cry on the inside and the outside was our was the amount of work that we had to do for this episode. It was. It took a lot of emotional and physical strength. There was. There were moments of great joy. Yes. And moments of sheer disgust and disgust, sadness, uh, just disappointment in humanity uh, and the filmmaking community as a whole. Uh, what we're talking about is, of course, uh, Hellboy, the 2019 film, because we had a we watched that for this week's uh, episode. I'm getting and angry thinking about it. Deep breaths. In through the nose, out through the mouth. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Our episode, this, our latest episode, it's going to be on Hellboy. And Which, yay about the books. Yay about the early movies. Boo! On the, on the new, new one. one. <laughs> it is. That's oh a my. summary of what we will be discussing. Yes. Uh, in this episode. So. It is. Oh, God. <laughs> But let's talk about just like let's, let's start off with how did how did you discover Hellboy? Because I know like my discovery of it was through like Guillermo del Toro's films, and I was just like, oh my god, I love this spooky world, and that's kind of, and just like Doug Jones as the fish dude, Abraham I was, I was like, I want those powers, and I want to be his best friend. Uh, so I remember it because I saw a poster for it. And I got a lot, I got really excited because I would say Hellboy and my mom hated the word hell. So I'm like, hey, mom, can I go see, go, can I go see Hellboy? Don't say hell. But his name is Hellboy. Don't say hell. But his name is Hellboy. And he was brought up Catholic. So it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, mother. This is the thing is that like she at one point she like hated Hellboy. But now like she loves it. Like she keeps saying 
eh, why don't you make a movie like Hellboy? That was a good movie. And I'm like, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day Lionsgate will give me the rights and I will make a good Hellboy movie that's not that ungodly piece of shit directed or that that's stars David Harbour. No offense to David Harbour. You no, did the he, best you could. He David, did the best he could. If you're listening, we love you. We'd love to have you on. I don't know what you would talk about, but we'd love to have you on. We'd probably just geek out <laughs> yeah, at we would. you and you would just politely sit there and take it. And then I just want a <laughs> hug. That's all I want. He seems like he seems like he gives great hugs. Kinda, yeah. I mean anyway. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantasizing so, about David Harbour and that dad bod. <laughs> so, so yeah, Hellboy. You, so you saw it when you were younger. I saw, okay, yeah, and um, so it's always kind of been in my family. My my dad's got a copy of it, and then we all went and saw the Golden Army when it was in theaters. Yeah, and oh God, I loved that. What and a film! <laughs> it's it's so great. We're gonna get into that because like we're gonna get into it later. Um, but also. Um, like when I was in high school, I started reading the Hellboy comics and the ones that my favorite one is Wake the Devil, which is um, there, there's it's one of the earlier ones. And so in order in, in preparation for this, I have I bought three of the omnibuses of um, like compendiums, really, of Hellboy stories, but they're not the short stories. They're just the main the main long ones. So. For the first, like for the first Hellboy movie, it's mostly based off of the first one, Seed of Destruction. And when it comes to um, the latest Hellboy movie, it's mostly based off of the story arc that comes from the three story, the three three Darkness Calls. Um, it's kind of like a the mismatch. Wild Hunt and the sword and the the um, the Sword and the Fury. Yeah, but like in the comics, it makes more sense because it's extended out a lot more and that makes a lot more. And there's a lot more like development. Cause like, well, I was kind of shocked by was I, I maybe I should get into that later. Cause yeah. We but for go. those, well, let's, for those who may not know, like just the general gist of what Hellboy is about. It's he's a well-meaning like half demon Cambian Cambian. Um, and he was summoned from hell to earth as a baby by Nazi occultists. Um, Those damn Nazis. Yeah, I know. They're getting in everything. Yeah, come on. <laughs> they're real jerks. Trying to, you know, just also his true messing name. with Indiana Jones, and then they're trying to summon half-demon babies, and yeah, they're just uh, everywhere. And um, what Hel- <laughs> Hellboy's true name is Anon Rama, which... It, which means, and upon his brow is set a crown of flame. Because when down in here. <laughs> don't don't sue us, Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, sorry, uh, <laughs> it just popped out. So <laughs> yeah, he was he was found he he was found from this uh, after he, he was born from a witch mother, a witch, a human witch mother, and a demon, um, and the demon ended up the, the, after she was born. The demon cut off his right hand and replaced it with the stone, which is where we get the right hand of doom. And so he was born like in the 1600s. And then in 1944, he was summoned to Earth. And when he was summoned to Earth, um, after his his coming basically killed all of the Nazis that were there. 
Good for you, Hellboy. The first thing you did when you were born is you killed Nazis. That's more than what most of us can do. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that Good we did you, as babies. Man. Good for you. Um, but so, the Allied forces, they they happen upon him. Among and, them was Professor Trevor Bolton, Brutenholm, who is Brutenholm, Brutenholm, yeah. and who's formed the United States Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. I'm and wearing, this little nerd over here sitting across from me is wearing a shirt <laughs> with the symbol. I've had this shirt since 2011. I'm very happy, very proud of it. Except that he came I got, prepared today. I got roasted <laughs> by my art professor once when he's like, "What does that mean, Mac?" And we, I said, uh, "The Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense." And he goes. You're such a fucking nerd, Mac. And like, yep. <laughs> Shout out to John Scatello. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, as he grew, and he also grew very he was, quickly. He grew quickly. He's large. He's red. Large, very large. He's a large-skinned, red-skinned, like, demon m- man. And he smells like dry roasted peanuts. Yeah. So. That's. Canon. So if you like, think, yeah, it's canon. It's, I'm not it, just saying that it's canon. Max not just being weird, <laughs> but yeah, he has a tail and then horns, which he files uh, down, and they kind of leave circular stumps on his forehead. He has cloven hooves for feet, and obviously, what Max said, the right hand of doom, which is like a made of stone. He's intrinsic to intrinsic to classical demons and his. Very ironic sense of humor. It's really funny. It's, yeah. It, it is a fun It all movie. comes down to his big name as the world's greatest paranormal detective. He knows everything about the occult. He was raised on it. So whenever something creepy, weird happens, they call on the bureau, preferably Hellboy, to fight, figure out what's going on. So it orig- Hellboy originated with a drawing by uh, that the creator Mike Mignola did at a comic convention, which was of a demon with the name Hellboy written on his belt. He originally had no intention of doing anything serious with it, but because he liked the name and kind of liked the drawing, he's like, you know what, I'll, I'll do something with this. And as time went on, Hellboy ended up becoming ranked twenty fifth out of the top one hundred comic book heroes by IGN. So that tells you anything. Mignola became interested in doing a like a creator-owned comic as he felt it made more sense to create his own characters for the stories he wanted to tell rather than trying to like put existing characters into the stories. He elaborated that like the kind of stories that I wanted to do, I had in mind before I created Hellboy. It's not like I created Hellboy and said, hey, now what does this guy do? I knew the kinds of stories I wanted to do, I just needed a main guy. He initially created Hellboy as part of a team of five, but scrapped this idea when he realized he couldn't think of any other team names he liked. <laughs> so there are like other like characters that are like kind of paranormal that show up in the comics. Oh, yes. Though. So it's like there are other people in this bureau. So it is kind of like it is. I don't know. In, in an essence, there are a lot of like crime cop related kind it's of very themes, pulpy very pulpy but yeah but there's like more like weird creatures that are doing it so they're in a set in an essence like he still hangs on to that like team idea but it's it's hellboy he's the main guy the, throughout the whole thing there's yeah. just like other little like people who pop in and then like as 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 the um hellboy comics went on there was a spinoff that was the literally the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, which was just adventures done by everybody who wasn't Hellboy. And they're pretty cool. But like most big famous superheroes, Hellboy is t- tormented by the knowledge of his past. Example being like 
in like Wake the Devil, he describes this mindset after what happens in Seed of Destruction, where he's told that, oh, he's the key to the apocalypse, yeah. and there's nothing he can do about it. He can't make a choice. He can't. It's written in stone, and it will happen eventually. And he's like, I like not knowing. I've gotten by for 52 years without knowing. I sleep good not knowing. So... <laughs> He's a badass. He's really just the fucking best. And it's it's a really like if you like paranormal occult type stories or just anything that's kind of like delves in the spooky realm, like this is a series for you because yeah. That's like the majority of just all like and uh, some of the later ones kind of rely on uh, some mythology um, yeah. and it kind of bleeds through into the stories for the first like couple of Hellboy stories. Usually they stuck with Nazis and the occult, but as time went on and Magnola kind of um, expanded, expanded the boundaries, he made it. So a lot more of the villains were like kind of characters or like not really characters, but like um, mythical creatures, especially stuff from, Russian folklore and British folklore. Cause like he has constant run-ins with the Baba Yaga, who is sort of like the, a huge super villain in this universe hmm. as well as, which is a, also just a huge like figure in folklore. Um, I think like Eastern European folklore, Baba Yaga. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very. I couldn't big. remember where, but I, I remember hearing Baba Yaga stories like, um, like doing Waldorf school. Like you get, you get exposed to um, folklore from closer to that yeah. region. So I remember everyone knows Baba Yaga better as like the one who had the house that had the chicken feet that walked yeah. around. It's kind of creepy. It's kind of cool, but also kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. That's the best way to describe <laughs> it. And, um, it, so, which, yeah. well, we'll talk about that too, because it, there's, they try and do some of that folklore in the in the in the latest film, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh my God. So let's talk about let's, the good one first, shall we? Yes, please. So, 2004, Hellboy came out. It was directed by Guillermo del Toro, our boy Guillermo, our spooky boy, our spooky boy, <laughs> one spooky boy, and it stars Ron Perlman as Hellboy. Yeah. John Hurt as his father, Turt Bullhorn, uh, Selma Blair as Liz Sherman, Yay. Doug Jones as the character actor of Abraham Sapien, and David Hyde Pierce as the voice of Abraham Sapien. Which I didn't know for the longest. Like I, I just was like, I just kind of assumed. But then look, looking into it, I was like, oh. Yeah, what's crazy yeah. is that um, Hyde Pierce was such a fan of like knowing how Doug, Doug Doug Jones is an actor, that when the film came out, he refused to do any like marketing of his name onto the film at a protest because he thought he thought Doug Jones deserved all the credit. I mean, he happily got paid for you know doing yeah. the voice, but he felt why did why why am I I don't feel like I need any of this. Like attention for I don't the need character attention, yeah. when all I did was voice where Doug Jones really brought Ape <sighs> yeah. Sapien to life. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. No, just 
Doug Jones is just amazing in everything that he does. And oh yeah, he's a. I, I'm glad now he's being realized as this great, um, like body actor. That's what I like to call it. Yeah, because I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't know the term off the top of my head. Like, I know that he studied uh, as a mime. Yes, first, and it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, he has such control over his movements, it makes sense. Yeah. So, once again, almost all these characters do show up in the comics. Liz Sherman shows up. Abraham Sapien's one of the more well-known characters. Uh, But some of the more out-there characters didn't show up. But oddly oddly did show up in the new one. But we're going to get into that. Later. Yes. So, what, yeah, I just, I'm just a huge fangirl when it comes to Guillermo del Toro. Like, he's... His style and of storytelling is what I gravitate towards. I love spooky fairy tales. That is yes. my shit. I love like the Brothers Grimm stories, but like the like earlier versions where people were dying in grotesque ways, and it's it and people's fingers are getting cut off. And I need to get you a copy of at the bookstore I work at. We have those like big binded versions of the Grimm fairy tales. I, I have like two copies of different <laughs> Brother Grimm's fairy tales and uh it's yeah, that that's just my shit. So if you're if you like that kind of style, like this whole film is basically just Guillermo del Toro geeking out. And he's like he's geeking out about classic film because the beginning is shot so much like it's taken so many elements from like like nineteen forties like film just with the lighting and how the composition and it's just him basically geeking out oh yeah it's him being just a film like here's a little little, fun fact for you selena so i so del toro is one of um the big three of of mexican filmmakers who are done doing pretty well in uh mainstream hollywood the others being alfonso coran and alejandro gonzalez and yaritu and they're all collectively known as the three amigos of cinema. And I think that's just adorable. That's so freaking cute. Because now I just think of them like in the in the three amigos outfits, like run like galloping around. Oh my god, around. that movie! Yes. I've forgotten all about that. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Chevy Chase. What a time! What a time! <laughs> so anyway, so yes, Hellboy from two thousand four was it wasn't a huge success, but it did good enough that they it that the studio gave it a green lit, a sequel, which ended yeah. up getting taken over by universal studios in 2008. Yeah. And that- just want a quick thing, like Ron Perlman as Hellboy is like perfect, perfect acting. This like is a he guy- almost didn't get it because the studio wasn't sold on him being like star enough star power. And so they saw, I think Guillermo del Toro showed that um, like some of the studio heads like his work in what was it? Beauty and the Beauty Beast. Beauty and the Beast, which if, like, I don't think anybody really knows know a lot about that show. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a, really. I don't know. Like it's, it's very 80s. Yeah, it's super 80s. It's, like, it actually had Linda had Sarah Connor before she was like well known as Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton. And uh, actually, George R. R. Martin got his start as a, one of the showrunners for, for it, too. So the more you know. Well, you know, so, but just like he was in full, like, like body prosthetics. It was a, it was a grueling four hour phase. So like one, he was already used to it, but he was able to act well with all that on. So, um, they, that just kind of sold the execs on him as Hellboy. And I'm so glad about it because he, 
one, he he also he was left handed. So they were like, it's totally cool that we just like keep his hand in a giant like red stone fist that we make. So, yeah. Um, they did change like in the comics. He has hooves or um, yeah, hooves, 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 hooves. <laughs> but he's got little hoovesy woovesies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love good omens. <laughs> but um, in the just because they were like we weren't they weren't sure that he would be able to perform the stunts if he was wearing like giant ass hooves. So they just were like, we'll just give him boots. And I, I like that didn't take away anything for me. No, I think that wor- like, that works just fine. Yeah. Like, the, and it's, I like, it's definitely heavily influenced, influenced by the comics, but it's still like stands alone as, a, oh yeah, as a really enjoyable film. Absolutely. And part of that is because of, uh, oh, I mean with the first one, it's maybe, 50% Mike Bignola. Actually, I'd say more like 70%. And then 30% Del Toro. When it comes to the Golden Army, though, and I know like a lot of fans kind of, they like the Golden Army, but there's the one thing that holds back Golden Army is that it's almost a completely separate story arc. Oh, yeah. It's not based on anything from the Hellboy universe. And it's very much like the characters are designed. They're, they're very much, they look like something that came out of Guillermo Del Toro's mind. Yeah, it's very much like... It works. It, it does work. It's, it's still like a really entertaining film. And this is what it, he did right can... after Pan's Labyrinth, too. So oh, this is when he was heavily in... like there's so much oh, yeah. like imagery from Pan's Labyrinth that's just leaked over into both films because Hellboy came out before Pan's Labyrinth. And then watching Pan's Labyrinth, it's like, well, that looks a little familiar. And then watching Golden Army, it's like, shit, he he really likes this kind of imagery because it oh yeah it bleeds over in a golden army oh definitely so the one thing that that also the two of them have is that they both depict him hellboy as he lives in the bureau of paranormal research and defense and he loves cats he's got so many fucking cats he's got he's like a cat hoarder oh yeah like he would be on hoarders oh definitely then he has limited access to the outside world and most of the world sees him as an urban legend yeah it's kind of like bigfoot where... and one, yeah and one of my favorite um little cuts in the in the first one is when uh jeffrey tambor's character who's sort of like the, he runs the bureau he's on like a talk show he's like showing... the bureaucrat and like he's he connects the the bureau with like the outside world so he's kind of like the face of it yeah so he's on a talk show and they're trying to say hey tell us if hellboy is real and he goes there is no such thing as a bureau of what is it paranormal research and defense there is no such thing the next cut bureau for paranormal research and defense newark new jersey it's, it's great i love it so yeah and the saddest thing about these two movies is that there was a third one that was in the works and in the third one so if those of you we're going to get into a bit a little bit of spoiler territory here those who know who who saw the the second hellboy movie know that it ends with Hellboy finding out that not only is he going to become a father, he's going to be the father to two kids. And the third film was basically going to be him being a dad with these two kids and some end of the world bullshit that yeah. basically, <laughs> yeah. Cause like in, in golden army, there's a scene when like 
they revive him and the person who revives him, I think is like a, a embodiment of death. It's like, I will revive him, but you do know that if I revive him, he will bring the destruction of the world. And like Liz Sherman's like, yeah, but he has a choice. So bring him back. Yeah. That's, but, that's basically her. Whole, whole and thing. if you like, if you read the comics and I'm going to get into spoiler territory here in the comics too, uh, by the end of the comic series, Ragnarok happens. The end of the world happens. It's it's inevitable. Yeah. Even though like he does everything he can to not do it, he basically does everything right, and it still happens. Yeah, that's that that's what happens in the Hellboy in Hell story arc. So, I wasn't a big fan of how it ended, but it makes sense. So it is whatever it is. So, so after um. So that was what the third movie was going to be. And the entire reason Del Toro decided to do the decided that he was going to make a third Hellboy movie. This is really cute. Do you know this story? No, I've never heard this actually before. So I'm just like, what? Some kid (laughs) um, from the Make-A-Wish Foundation wanted to spend a day with Hellboy. So Ron Perlman, bless this man's heart, went through the four hour makeup process to become Hellboy again. And went to the hospital and spent the whole day hanging out with the kid. I love that. And Del Toro saw the picture. You can look up the picture. It's so adorable. We're gonna put it on our uh, on our Instagram. Yeah, because it's really it's really cute. So um, that's when Del Toro was like, "Okay, we got to do it." But unfortunately, like, like like almost over half of Del Toro's crazy ideas could never get the right funding. And instead of doing it the way that the studio wanted it to be made, Del Toro just walked. And with him, Ron Perlman walked because Ron Perlman said, I will not do this without Del Toro. He's the only person who can do this. Yeah. So they moved on. And then we have... Oh, no. The 2019 <laughs> Hellboy, directed by Neil Marshall, starring David Harbour and Ian McShane, and oh god, what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? Mila Jovovich. Wait, she was <laughs> honestly. This movie was so Frozen Land. I don't really remember it. Like it was so boring. Like I just remember being wildly disappointed and hoping and just wanting to watch. Guillermo del Toro's version. Yeah. That's like, I I spent all that time just being like, can this be over so we can watch a good version? <laughs> yeah. So this one, it's two hours long. It's it two, three hours long. It feels like you're spending your whole life watching it. Yeah. And it's based off of the three stories, Darkness Calls, The Wild Hunt, and The Storm and the Fury. Now, I've been reading the, those three, and I do have to admit, like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to start with the positives about this movie. Okay. Let's say some nice things. This is the most accurate to the comics out of any Hellboy movie because a lot of the characters, like some of the more out outside characters show up. Um, the one character shows up lobster Johnson, who is a, a superhero who was actually present at the, uh, when Hellboy came to earth, he shows up. Oh yeah. Why he shows up makes no sense, but He's there. So the movie uses most most of the main um, plot of those those three, which is called like 
in the compendium, it's called the Wild Hunt story arc. And it's called that because um, there's this ancient evil sorceress um, that Mila Jovovich plays. And basically the whole, like, how it's The shown, Blood Queen, yeah. Vivienne Nomei. Basically the Lady of the Lake. And, like, she goes crazy. Um, yeah, it's all, like, the beginning, the film opens with, like, the King Arthur legend, but them killing witches. Yes. And... And when they kill her, they they she can't be killed. So they basically dismember her, and then put her in boxes, and then put the then send the boxes all across the world. So they can't be brought put together. together again. And then what happens? Oh, a couple thousand about a thousand years later, they she are brought together, put, to get, put yeah. together again. They put Humpty Dumpty back together again. <laughs> yeah. And so Hellboy shows up and basically kicks ass. And David Harbour plays him, of course. <clears throat> and everyone knows him, you know, as Hopper from Stranger Things. And he... Like, a positive thing is, like, he did his damnedest. He did his damnedest. And, like, it looked like he was having a blast. Like, who wouldn't have fun? Yeah, you played fucking Hellboy. Yeah, you gotta run around and pretend to kill, like, paranormal shit. That's you get awesome. To, you get to kill monsters, demons, and Nazis. Yeah. That's just the dream. That's the American dream right there. Yeah. So... Like, the casting wasn't bad. It wasn't awful. No. Positive thing. Well, Checked except off. for Ian McShane as... Oh, that was weird. I didn't I didn't buy him as the professor. No, I, he was... I mean, for one, you can't really fight against John Hurt, because John Hurt's... John, John Hurt fucking, is John... John fucking Hurt. Yeah. You can't, you can't replace him. You can't. Rest in peace, my dude. So, yeah, as I said, this movie sucks. Oh, it's, it's god awful. So awful. They do they make the same <laughs> mistake. <laughs> they make the same mistake that almost every studio does when it comes to the Reese reboots is that they think that they need to re-explain everything. Over and over again. We know the Cowboy movie shows is, up oh. because Nazis bring him here. Just the same as we know. Bruce Wayne's parents are killed. Just as we know, Uncle Ben is killed. We don't need to see it over and over and over. We get the freaking gist. And if the you thing really is, think they show that... it as like flashbacks. Yeah. And which it's... is like, God, they, there's so much exposition. exposition. It, the movie is like 98% exposition. Yes. They literally treat you like you're a baby and you can't put two and two together. But then the thing is, the things that they should like kind of, explore and explain they don't do it no so for most of the movie i was like why the fuck is any of this happening yeah <laughs> yeah and like sorry that was just my little rant okay, and the irony is that, the irony is that <laughs> almost everything that happens in the movie happens in the comic it's not like it was just pulled out of its ass it's it's there it just does a damn better job of doing it in the comic than it does in this ungodly mess of a film yeah, this is probably like the one time where it's like, do we call it a good adaptation because they like literally took stuff that was in the comic and just plopped it in a movie? Yeah, one of my one of my like, main issues. What do we say? Because it's a god awful movie. My biggest issue is the wild hunt segment in the comics. It explained a lot better why. Like Hellboy gets is a part of this wild hunt. Wild hunt is, of course, these group of noblemen who killed giants 
and it's made pretty clear in the comics why they trick him out on a hunt and then they try to kill him because they think he's they know he's going to be bringing the apocalypse and they're trying to save the world. So that's why they do what they do in the movie. It's not like that. No, it's, it's just like they just randomly try to kill him. And then when he wakes up and realizes, oh, yeah, they're all dead now, except for the giants. So I have to go kill the giants now. It Yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like no the, the, fucking sense the at thing all. is. I I don't know, like I I. I don't want to call it a good adaptation because it's not. It's not. It's not it's a good. Awful. A, it's an awful. This adaptation. is the worst film I've seen all year. Honestly, this is yeah. I'm with Mac. And it this was, is. I, this and is I've worse seen, than Percy Jackson. I've seen Serenity. Okay, I've seen the new Serenity with Matthew McConaughey, that has the most batshit at crazy ending. That's something you all should look into. You need to see this too. We need to do this for a movie night. Is it is? Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like it's a bad movie. It's just the ending is so batshit insane. I'm getting off topic. Yeah. Here. Okay. We're talking about good adaptation and it, why it's not a good yeah. adaptation. So like no matter like if even if you take something that's from like the source material and it's like and it follows the same course and it's pretty faithful. If you don't know how to translate that to a film and connect it with three other like two other storylines that you're trying to yeah. Like, you can't have a film that's just exposition. Yeah, you can't. That's just shitty, and that's just lazy. That's Suicide Squad. (laughs) Honestly, like, this this film was lazy, and that's what I disliked about it. It It was was lazy, and it was... And also, the prosthetics were shit. Like, they were good enough where you were like, I can accept it, but when you really look at it, it falls apart. You're just like, okay, look, his... His face is different. Like the the red of his face is a different color than the rest of his body. Yeah. Blend. Who? And then also <sighs> his his right hand of doom. Oh yeah, the the, the it coat. Shift, it shifts. It shifts like hands. Because there's one scene where if you watch it, like when he's fighting the giants, it'll be on his left hand. Then it's on his right hand, and then he'll flip, and it'll be on his left hand. Shit, I didn't see that. It is god off. Well, I had to rewatch it because, like, we watched this. Like, we did like a whole movie night. We watched it with my boyfriend, and we're like, "Hey, you want to watch a bad movie with us?" And then later, he sent me the link of this, and I'll have to send it to you. But it's just like you can see, they like highlight. It's like wrong hand. Now it's on the other hand. Oh now my it's on god! <laughs> oh, this makes me even more angry. Oh, and one thing that pissed me off is like they they made it a point to like put him in this coat that's kind of fitted, but it goes over his hand. But there's no way to sh- it doesn't sh- it doesn't make sense. His yeah. giant ass stone hand can't go through the sleeve. It would rip. Yeah, and at least with the Guillermo del Toro one, where it's like it's a pretty baggy. It's a pretty baggy overcoat. So it makes like, sense that it would fit. So it, so you can like it probably wouldn't fit in reality, but it makes it. But at least it tricks you into thinking that it could fit. Yeah. <sighs> just. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, I just it just made the the thing that pissed me off the most was probably just like me having to stare at these prosthetics. Yeah. Being like. Why the fuck couldn't you blend the red? Like, <laughs> yeah. Beyond you know, beyond the egregious just exposition for the film and everything else. Anyways, 
I thought yeah. you were going to rant more. Sorry. I kind of took over the ranting. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, mean I steal your thunder. <laughs> the only thing, the other thing that I didn't like, and like, I like gore. I like violence, mm-hmm. but there's a point when there's, when it's excessive to a, to a point where I'm like, this, this is stupid. This is, this isn't good. And so much of the blood in this movie is CGI. You can tell that they were trying, I think, they were trying to do PG-13 in the early development and then finally decided, ah, fuck it, let's go hard R. And then just decided to double down in post and just throw more blood on it. There's a whole scene that I think it's a little a little too much near the end where these creatures attack London as part of the, the final summoning. And like there's characters get their faces ripped off and people get ripped apart. And there's one thing that like has like giant stick like legs and it just like oh it yeah pierces people as it as it as it's going it, like glad the impalers people it impales it, people yeah. yeah while it's walking and it's like come on it's yeah if, it's cool but <sighs> not really no <laughs> sorry no? i was i was not impressed i mean i wasn't impressed i like on, on paper it sounds cool on yeah on paper that's, that's it what sounds i mean awesome like Putting the like, imagining if the the first two Hellboys were rated R, fucking amazing. Yeah, but like everything in this movie feels like a last minute decision. Yes. The only th- good scene that I actually enjoyed was the final fucking scene, which was like um, a battle, a fight scene that was like all one shot, and there was no like over blood. There was no much, there was no over excessive use of gore and it was actually fun. I remember you, me and trebuchet were watching it. We're just like, yo, this is actually great. Why can't the movie be just this? I know we were so shocked. Cause we actually started like caring for a second. Yeah. We cared. And it was at the end of the movie. That's so disappointing. <laughs> it's so disappointing. And oh God. Okay. So, the movie got horrible reviews. It got a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. On the reception, David Harbour responded by saying, we did our best, but there's so many voices that go into these things, and they're not always going to work out. I did what I could, and I feel proud of what I did, but ultimately, I'm not in control of a lot of things. He also felt that the film was unfairly compared to Marvel films. And I actually did see a cool YouTube video that kind of, this is going to sound really weird, it point it um, used the Hellboy movie and you balanced it out with infinity war and said, these are kind of the same movie in the sense that like with infinity war, there was like this whole big battle for over this big, crazy monster. Mm-hmm. And there were all these characters that get together to fight it. But the difference is the infinity war had like 18 films to back up these characters. So you understood the characters and you understood when, why, why they were fighting. You understood the stakes. Yeah. Whereas in Hellboy, you don't under, you never know what the fuck these stakes are. And on Especially top of that, since it's so different than the first ones, like you have to, and the totally... characters are completely different. Yeah. And Abraham Sapien doesn't show up till the very end. That's that was going to be like, no, <laughs> apparently Doug Jones was going to do a cameo as Abe Sapien for this, mm-hmm. but he, he couldn't because he had to be in a better movie called the shape of water. <laughs> yeah. With another fish person. <laughs> yeah. But and unlike the other ones, this, that one he got to fuck a human with. So, <laughs> oh my God, 
Fish fucking, yes! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. What an interesting... I Yeah, that, that was an interesting movie experience. <laughs> so, I'm not happy about this movie. No one um, is. Literally no one is. No one is. <laughs> I feel bad for David Harbour. I don't think he'll get a second chance at this, but... Oh, no. I do think that somewhere out there, somebody has will write and direct a really great new another Hellboy movie. Maybe seven years down the road, because it has a, the story has so much potential. There's so much content. Yeah, it'd be, even like a mini series, it'd be cool. Oh my or like god, a, like, yeah. like a TV show, that would be dope. Like imagine like Hellboy, but like on an X Files esque setup, where he's like doing something like paranormal all the time. That every episode. That's what I'm about. Yeah. So, but yeah, this recent attempt at Hellboy was just not. It did not hit the mark. No, it did not. So, like, in short, definitely read the comics. Definitely. They're um, all, they're I recommend Sea of Destruction, Wake the Devil, and The Sword of the uh, the Sword and the Fury. Um, those are, I think, the better story arcs. If you want, like, the best arc stories, though, that would be Darkness Calls, The Wild Hunt, Sword and the Fury, and In Hell all together, because they all kind of mend into each other. And there's a bunch of random short stories too. Like there were these one-offs that Mignola would write and a couple that were just like one or two issues compared to the normal four to six issues. So those are fun to read. Um, as always, you know, Mignola does most of the art himself. He does most of the stories himself. He's fully in charge. So you know what you get. Yeah. So yeah. that's my recommendation for that. And of course, watch the Del Toro Hellboy's don't watch the new one. I'd also recommend there are two feature length animated films about Hellboy. There's Sword of Storms and got another one which I cannot remember and I can't. I feel stupid. I don't know it off the top of my head. But Ron, again, Ron Perlman uh, comes back and voices Hellboy for it. So they're pretty fun. Um, they're, they're relatively Basically, easy to Basically, if Ron on. Perlman is Hellboy, then you're in for a good time. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because. Yeah, they're really, yeah, those, they're just more enjoyable, and even if it's not as true to form to the original, like, source material, it's got the heart of it, which is, I think, more important. Yeah, definitely. You can tell that, like, Neil Marshall was, like, a filmmaker known for, like, doing hard R horror films, and, like, even if they weren't great movies, they were, everybody remembered them, and that's pretty much the best way that I can describe them. Oh, by the way, uh, Blood and Iron was the other animated Hellboy film. There's Sword of Storms and Blood and Iron. Iron. So. Yeah. Well, we got that off our chest. We we, we suffered, did. so you didn't have to. We're going to so be you doing. Don't have to. Yep. We're going to be doing spooky stuff now from now on. It uh, is. At least till, it is almost. It is spoop. It's almost spoop season. So. Yeah, but we're going to keep it up. We do have. Uh, Next month, it's going to be this our second year doing this. I know, crazy. It's freaking crazy, I tell you. It's been a wild ride. We're trying to, you know, be trying to continue giving you guys good content. Um, so it, yeah, as always, like we have our our Gmail, we have our Facebook, we have our Instagram. Time to adapt Zima at gmail.com. And then just time to adapt on Facebook. And then for Instagram, time to adapt podcast, all just one word. Just just shoot us a message if you have anything you want us to take a look at or 
and also just a you know review our show on Apple Apple Podcasts because follow me at Maxi Great on Twitter and Instagram, and then I'm Selena Malika or Malik yeah Malika Allen but without the N yeah because. I was running out of letters and I wasn't creative. So I was like, just my name. <laughs> but yeah, this is, we'll have some more fun, spooky stuff. And we'll go back and forth from terrible watches to get, I think we need to cleanse our palate and watch something good. Yeah. And um, the last one was a struggle. Yeah. And <laughs> our well, well, for our, uh, our two year episode, we're going to have really special, some special guests and we have gonna, some fun stuff planned in the yeah, future. It's going to be so a lot of definitely fun. Definitely tune in, tune in and we'll keep you guys updated. Yes. So thanks for listening. And until next time, this has been time to adapt. <laughs>